title is being a property manager is easy. It's like riding a bike, except the bike is on fire. You're on fire. Everything is on fire. I was like, what? It's like that Jim Gaffigan quote. I have four children, right? He says, what's it like to have four kids? Well, picture yourself with three kids and you're drowning. And then someone throws you a baby. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Karma Cast episode six. Today I'm talking with my man Rob Colwell. Um, today we're going to get into prop- property management, which is a real, 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 real important aspect of investing. We've made all our men like thank God there's mismanagers in this world. Mm. If there were no mismanagers, like we would make no money because we've made all our money buying properties that were mismanaged and 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 working on them. And, and trying to manage them to the best of our ability. And so today we're here to hear with my man, Rob Caldwell from Rentwell. That's right. Uh, founder of Rentwell. That's right. Rentwell what? Property management? Rentwell property management. Rent, technique, Rentwell lease management team. Right. Yeah. yeah. Professional property management. I like to think so. Try to be. Do you love property management, Rob? Wow. Do I love it? It's definitely a bit of a means to an end. I love the challenge of it. Right. You just got me thinking the, you know, people say like you find your, your deals on the three D's death, disease, divorce. And the fourth D now would be like deadbeat property managers that aren't doing their job. <laughs> Mismanagers. That's what, that's, that's what right. we do. Yeah. And not just the professional firms, but it could be the ones that you hire or, or the ones that you do it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's right. I agree with you. Like it's not for everybody. Let me put it that way. Right. I think I'm pretty successful at it and I have a good team, but managing real estate isn't for everybody. Yeah. It's a tough deal. And I'm glad it is a tough deal because it was easy. Everybody be in it. And then we would have a harder time trying to make our money. Right. I think Warren Buffett said like, I'd love to own all these single family houses, but how do you manage them? Right. Technology's helping. Big time. Technology's helping. Even the, 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 the FaceTime, that level, the software, uh, but you still, it comes down to people, right? Cause you're, if you're managing real estate, if you hire a manager, you're going to be at the, how well are they with their team and what's the training and the experience of their team and how do you match that to what they're making versus what they're charging. Mm-hmm. And in your scenario, from what I understand about your, your group, your assets, you own and you manage right. together. So it's interesting. We're in the same space, but you're but, coming into but, that space different. In, in the soon future. Well, you already kind of, but we're, we're going to retract a little bit. And I just okay. want to get into like, how did you get into property management? Wow. So it was, it was scarcity straight. It was okay. It's 2008. The great recessions upon us. I took a pay cut from, from uh, a retail chain that I was the director of franchising for. Okay. And I would go to all these franchise shows and I wanted to then own my own business. I was, I was a little tired of working for, for somebody else. How old were you? I was 27 years old. Okay, younger. My first daughter was born in 2009. So we were you know, getting ready for that. She was born in January. Great recession was, was, was coming or was there. Um, so I wanted a business that did well regardless of the economy. 
I wanted a business that couldn't be completely outsourced, okay? And that was profitable, that would make a certain percentage of EBITDA. And then I wanted to get out, I was in the retail space. So my, I worked for almost 10 years for a drive-through grocery chain. I was CEO in training at the age of 19 years old. Wow. So I was still in college, I had a full-time job, and I was at Penn State University studying finance and real estate. Mm-hmm. And and that's a whole other story. I became enamored with this idea of this drive-through grocery store, which so is called- You were studying finance and real estate at Penn State? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, studying finance and real estate. I had rich, I had read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Wow. Prior to that, before that, I read books like Think and Grow Rich and some other of the mindset stuff that we have that common interest in. Right. And my plan was, okay, this is going to be great. I'm going to own the land and then have these businesses on it, these drive-through grocery stores. Okay. That unfortunately didn't work. Okay. For what the land cost and what the construction was, we tried everything that you can imagine uh, to get the Swiss Farms brand to work and to get it to take off. Oh, I remember Swiss Farms, yeah. Okay. So that I, I saw the writing on the wall there and I said, okay, I'm going to need to like really like that book, Who Moved My Cheese? Yes. Okay. And like I had to go get my running shoes on and figure out what I was going to do. Right. I had bought real estate when I was in my early 20s. Once I graduated, I had that full-time career already lined up at Swiss Farms. They were still giving the the low-doc loans, and I bought uh, three investment properties in the borough of Westchester. Nice. And I did pretty well with those. I'd fix them up on weekends and then do my Swiss Farms like 18 hours a day outside of there. I worked a lot. Really? And uh, I met my wife at Swiss Farms. But then we realized that we we needed to, it was, it was time for a change. So I, I was, I would be at these franchise shows and you could buy a property management franchise. Like literally you could buy a business in a box. And I spent a year and a half traveling around to meet with all the different franchises. Mm-hmm. And I either liked the franchise, but I didn't like the business behind it, or I liked the business behind it, but I didn't like the leaders in front of it. So we ended up putting an ad on Craigslist for a broker for hire. I met this man. The company at that time was called Your Local Leasing Company. And what he specialized in, see, he was a burned out property manager. He didn't want to manage any real estate. He just wanted to place tenants. So hence the name, Your Local Leasing Company, which became incredibly confusing down the road. Hence, we switched to to a rent well, and this is our tag of free. So you bought the franchise or you bought into the franchise? Yeah, I partnered with him. My wife was the first employee. I was still working at Swiss Farms. He was our broker of record. And then a few years later, I had to, uh, once I came on board, we were we were oil and water. So we just didn't agree on anything. Right. And then I bought him out, leased, uh, leased an office space. Went it was a franchise time. still then? It was not a franchise. We created it into a licensed uh, company. Okay, okay. So we've since... License that, but I was close to signing some franchise agreements okay. to to uh, be with any one of the big uh, franchise players. I'm I'm glad I didn't because right. my vision was a lot bigger than you know one office and one franchise. Okay, but Pankaj, that's how I got into the space. So okay. I it checked a lot of the boxes, but a lot of those boxes were really driven. Looking back, it was really driven by fear, fear of financial security or lack thereof, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't like getting a pay cut. Like I worked really hard for that company and, and I walked in there one day and I, and I took a pay cut and uh, that was somebody else in control of my destiny at that time. So, so the pay cut was because of the recession? Because right. of the 
changing the economy. And, and then also we weren't going to be able to grow at the pace we needed to grow. Right. Right. So, and it's not like I was, uh, you know, I wasn't six figures at that point in time. I mean, so we're not, we're not talking, I was making Uber money. I was, I was, uh, I was a little bit above paycheck to paycheck with, um, with where I was, but mm-hmm. it was, it was exactly what I needed at that point in time. Cause without that jolt, I'm not sure what would have happened. So getting into the property management itself, what did you learn out the door? Okay. So I hired an E-Myth coach. If you've ever familiar Michael with that Gerber. book, E-Myth, Michael, Michael Gerber. Gerber. You, yeah. You I heard him. I heard him speak. So I, I hired a coach of his that I had for, cause I'll tell you what, when, when I left, Swiss Farms, that W two, our business was maybe uh, a year or two in business, and and uh, it was it was struggling. It would get to we would add on some new accounts, and then we would fall backwards. Like it could, it, we weren't getting traction. But I knew that there was life in this business. So the the hiring of the Emith coach helped me um, to create a a vision for the company or strategic plan. And then have a organizational structure. And then what does it look like today? What is it going to look like tomorrow? What's it going to look like in three years? Like, what's the vision for this business? So it was absolutely to place tenants, collect rent, and then coordinate all aspects. So the E-Myth guy, wasn't that also about creating a system? Very much about systems and processes. And, you know, you manage the system, but you lead your people. It It was a great system. Like, like that in and of itself was a system. There's 80 some modules that you go through with the coach. I'd have a call every other week. I'd have my homework to do. So you had a job on top of a job. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all at some point? (laughs) Yeah, that was the working on the business. Right. Um, And, and where in, in hindsight is I didn't really know property management. I knew franchising. I knew operations from my Swiss farms days. But managing your own rental property, and one that I had a small portfolio in Westchester where people weren't late, there wasn't a whole lot of maintenance, or if there was, I could run over there and meet with a handyman. It it wasn't what I was ready for to grow an actual property management firm. It took years to figure out that space and how to do it. And what do you charge? And what do your people do? What are their roles and responsibilities? Who do they report to? What softwares do you run on? What are the metrics that you track for your management company that'll, that are going to put you in a close alignment with your investors? So it's been quite a journey. Mm-hmm. It's been almost 10 years. So you were doing the property management too from the beginning? like, Or you had other people doing the property management? You were just overseeing the business. You were working on the business. So here's what I did. I went out and I had conversations with my, with my parents and I, and I conversations with my aunt and I, I house hacked. So I lived in Westchester mm-hmm. and I would rent out the other rooms in my house. This is before kids BC. Right. Right. So I didn't need to make a lot of money because my mortgage was covered and most of my, my food expenses were covered. So I began hiring people right away. So I didn't actually take any money out of the business for about three years. Okay. And that allowed me to hire a staff because it is a grueling business. A lot of people that get into this space, they don't get over 100 units that they're managing it themselves and they burn themselves out. And then the next tier is managing about 400 rental units in an office. Most property managers don't get past 400 units. So it's uh, it's a whole nother level when you grow to above that four to 600 unit mark. So you've been doing this for what, 12 years? How many years total now? 
Yeah. So, so I jumped on board full time in 2012 in January. Okay. I, um, I still remember my handshaking, putting in my resignation. Uh, and uh, the company was formed in 09. We began managing properties in February of 2010. And then you've grown the portfolio. How many, how many, how many properties do you manage? So the, the largest that we were ever were was six individual offices with uh, over 2,500 individual rental units. 2,500. Yeah. So that could be a 30 unit building would be, we would count that as 30 units, one property. Right. We were in Florida, uh, which we later sold. And the investors got their money back on that one. And then we, we, we are now in, we are in Maryland, Delaware, and both sides of Pennsylvania. We're in Pittsburgh and we're in the Delaware Valley. It's Philadelphia, Philadelphia region here. Yeah. Right. About 2,000 doors. We estimate somewhere around a quarter of a billion dollars worth of real estate. We manage a lot of homes, what, what we call accidental landlords. Somebody who couldn't sell their home or they lose too much money if they did. Okay. Okay. Or it's their first home that they bought or, or they want it, they lived in it and now they want to turn it into a rental, but they don't want to be bothered with the tenants and the toilets and the headaches and the accounting and all that. So we have hundreds of clients with one rental property. And then we have other clients that have 10 rentals with us, 20 rentals with us, 30 rentals with us. So that's how the portfolio is, 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 is spread out. And so logistically you've got, Properties all over that you manage. That's that's quite a logistical challenge. No, we're a logistical. We're a logistics company. Right. Like you hit the nail on the head. Like that's really what the business is. It's a logistics company. Right. Uh, and 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 to figure out those systems. That's why you you have uh, more more units than we do. You have fewer addresses to manage. Right. So that means you have fewer utility bills to come in. That means your property manager, right? They can they can walk, they can get on the elevator and go see how that unit turns doing. My I have some team members that have, have vehicles, rent well vehicles, and, mm-hmm. and and logistically we schedule their day to be as efficient as possible. And they drive around, they check on construction jobs, they meet with townships, they they wait for utilities or section eight inspectors, and then we have other staff that are in the office coordinating maintenance, and then yet other staff that are Renting properties, collecting rent, handling evictions, handling the accounting and reporting. So it's. Um, you ever get overwhelmed with it all? Just the, I mean, just looking at your own operation and just does it feel at times just overwhelming? There have been there's I've definitely gone through seasons in the business. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Going through seasons in the business. There are uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have some long term team members that I trust and. And that we've we 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 have a mutual respect, and and they handle their items, I handle my items, and then we 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 connect on on a on a semi regular basis to to keep the finger on the pulse. That's the that's the biggest challenge. If somebody would ever to ask me, well, how's your management company running? Right. Well, let me get real with you. Like, how's it really running? I can tell you what our revenues are. I can tell you what our expenses are. Uh, I can tell you what our days on market are. I can tell you what our what some key metrics are, like economic mm-hmm. occupancy is a key metric. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, as a restaurant says, like you're only as good as that the last meal that you serve. I mean, that's how I feel. Like we're only as good as the last tenant that we place, the last paperwork that we file for an eviction. Um, how good are we going to vet our, our contractors or hire our own handyman? So it's definitely a business that you cannot rest on your laurels. Right. Definitely. It's like, a busy business. It's a busy Technology, you had mentioned, you know, technology really helps. 
what are you using technology wise? You know, what's what? Just a couple of where aren't we using it, right? <laughs> right, right. But like, for example, like I know you you use the same accounting, uh, sure, software that I use, uh, the property management software. We use the same. We're both using Appfolio. That's right. And and what what are they doing? I mean, they're, we got to get them to sponsor our podcast. Is, I, why not? You should. It's <laughs> my Appfolio it. cup. Do yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, they're they're figuring out artificial intelligence to automatically respond to renters' incorrect the leasing. The leasing I, is is some of the biggest challenges. I had him at our office. Right. The, 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 the founder of Dynasty. Um, his name Elliot Burris. Okay. Yeah, and he's demonstrated the whole Lisa. You know, Lisa, Lisa is artificial right. intelligence. Like they'll they have this uh, virtual leasing assistant. Sure. Who texts the people and sets up your tours and all that. Right. Are you, you, so that's like, that's the leasing side, maintenance side. You could you could set up your home as a full full smart home. But you also yes. but you also use uh, another company for like the just the just for the tours. Like they're able to access right. what. Yep. Yeah, so what we else? use we use ShowMojo. Okay. Uh, how's I that think work? There's one called Tenant Turner. That uh, that works wonderfully. These systems are pretty advanced, so you need to like figure them out. The like you need to get them set up properly in right. the right lock boxes. We use a, we use our own key system where the keys can't be duplicated. So that's for like people can go and tour the house by themselves. They can that's go right. tour the rental property by themselves once they've once they've been properly vetted. Yep. Look at the driver's license. So we have a full time team member who is who is reviewing driver's license for those properties that are vacant and rent ready and on our locks. So they can do self tours. And yeah, so prospective tenants shows up at the property. Yep. And there's the, like a key box there with a. There, they there's give a, a, there's a key code. box there. Or now the next generation is there are no key boxes. The the uh, there's a punch there's a uh, a push button. Right. Right. Like a, like a vacation rental very common right, in the Airbnb exactly. so space. There's a combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there'd be a combination. So they That's, gain access through their phone. The phone has the GPS tracker, so we and, and all that is synced. Okay, so we know it's them with their phone at the property, and then there's a narrow window of time where they can get in and get out, and then they have to give a survey as to how that went. Did they lock up? What what's their likelihood to rent the property? And we have somebody whose whose role is is at rent law to follow up with them, and then we so that leave. frees up a whole lot of time. Is somebody going there waiting for the person? Does the person show up? They don't show up walking them through the property and then coming back to the office or going back sure. to the next one. And they're able to just show up at their a time designated right. and thank God for technology. Wow. And, so I mean, that's it's, amazing. That's it's amazing. been around for almost 10 years. I mean, before uh, landlords would do it with, um, I met this one mortgage broker and he had a hundred rentals in, in, in Maniunk. And for years, that's what he would do. He would just, I think for some, he would even leave the door unlocked and yeah. like, yeah, you know, because well, you can, the, if you think of the logistics. What, you, what about like the, what about the sales presentation, so to speak, or like walking them through the, the thing and, you know, kind of, Yep. what about, you, you think you're missing on that experience then? or So that's both ways. Right. Because sometimes they don't want you there. They right. want to be on their phone, FaceTime with their mom about how excited they are about this new apartment. They want to take their time to go through it. They don't want you um, you know, scale of one to ten, how well does this apartment suit your needs? Like, showing you know, them here's a closet. Yeah, of course it's a closet. That's a what closet. else is it? <laughs> so it works when it's vacant and rent ready. Okay. So we still have showing agents. Like we're still physically showing properties. But what's right. nice is, I mean, we have some properties where there'll be a hundred people through there. That's a lot. Like I'm talking about for one house. I'm talking about we filtered a thousand leads to let a hundred people through, 
And then we can pick from 10 applications that came in in, a, in an order without violating anything for fair housing, right? right? And then get the one so that that's ma- meets you the can, owner's needs. You can collect 10 applications on one property. And then once you select a certain tenant, then you'll ask them for the deposit. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yep. You get a deposit. Then you draft a lease. Then you send the lease out. Lease is signed online. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you finding the most effective ways of advertising the, the, the units? So use. Facebook Marketplace gets a tremendous amount of traffic, but we haven't seen as many conversions on there. So okay. Zillow is the big player in our area right now okay. for, for rentals. Uh, they haven't started charging, but it's it's going to be coming. They started right. charging. I think it was in our Florida market where, where we were So do you put them signs. directly on Zillow or do you put them through the app folio and it just posts it on yeah, Zillow? So our app folio will talk to the Shomojo and then Shomojo will syndicate out. Okay. It's a little complicated if we're going to use a website called Go Section 8 for our Section 8 listings. Okay. But so you, you, know. cover, you cover the whole gamut of like A class, B class, C class, all the different classes, you know, housing. Yes. And, and it's, it's 95% residential. Yeah. We have some mixed use, right, where the commercial on the, on the first floor. And then we do a really good job in, 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 in screening the landlords that want to work with us and us that want to work with them mm-hmm. to make sure that we, you know, have the right vision for their, for their asset because we're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. As a property manager, we're in the middle of the landlord. We're in between the landlord, the tenant, the vendor, the community. So right. that's where the biggest uh, learning curve is when you get into the space. If you get, you know, for us, if we would get five new owner leads in a month or in a week, any period of time, you know, I wanted five or six clients. I want to <laughs> sign them all up. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's matching up with the right clients to work with and helping them build wealth in real estate and creating financial freedom. What would you say in, in property management in general, what's the biggest challenge? People. Exactly. I agree. Communication, people, knowing what's real, knowing what's not real, maintenance. Uh, And then you get into those logistics. Uh, The bigger the building, the easier the maintenance, the easier the logistics going to be. Probably the same people challenges. One thing I never thought of before, but when I went to the the Appfolio conference uh, last year, I was meeting a lot of people like yourself that are in the property management business. And I realized that they have, in some ways, you guys have double the workload because we're just dealing with the tenant, but you're dealing with the tenant and the owner. Yes. So it's like yes. you got you got two parties to satisfy. You got to satisfy the tenant, but you yes. also got to satisfy the owner. Yes. The, the turnover in the business is high because of that, unfortunately. You can have somebody who's very well trained, who knows their, their role inside and out. Um, and if, the, if, if too much is put onto them and there's not enough fun going on in the office and there's not enough vacation time or the bonuses aren't there, yeah. they can find another industry. Um, we, we've had some people leave over the, over the years and some have gone to, you know, quote unquote competitors. Maybe the grass is greener on the other side, right. but others have just gotten out of the space completely. Mm-hmm. Pankaj, we, uh, last year we had a maintenance summit. So we brought in all four of our market centers. So we had about a dozen individuals there that do like maintenance coordination, Okay. And an oversight of this maintenance. And we asked them how many of them were interested in owning real estate. Not many were. Because the challenge with the space is if you are a property manager, and let's say you're responsible for 300 individual units, you're probably going to have something going wrong, right? In 10 of them, 15 of them, 20 of them. So the, the challenge there is, those that work in the property management space, what I thought you were going to say is that from that conference, right, 
most property, there's a lot of property managers that don't own investment properties. Mm -hmm. And we got into the space in a way being one of those firms. And now we've been able to transform our, our, our company into better working with real estate investors, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I saw, I was, you know, I'm starting to focus on property management more so in our business. Cause I said that that's going to be one of the keys, especially in these changing times that I feel are coming up is to tighten our property management okay. and, and get it really so strong and solid. And, and so I was looking at some books to read on property management. I came across this book. Being a property management, this is the title of a book, actually. It's a real book? Yeah, that's, this is, I saw this on Amazon. I don't know, it doesn't say the author here, but just look at the title. It says, being a property manager is easy. It's like riding a bike, except the bike is on fire. You're on fire. <laughs> Everything is on fire. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like that Jim Gaffigan quote. I have four children, right? He says, what's it like to have four kids? Well, picture yourself with three kids and you're drowning. And then someone throws you a baby. (laughs) Can I see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a property manager is like, it's easy. It's riding a bike. Your bike's on fire. You're on fire. Everything's on fire. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's spoken with somebody that has some experience. but that doesn't sound like a business anybody wants to get into. I had, I had, I had a very close mentor saying, Rob, you're crazy. You're just going to manage the stuff that nobody wants to manage. Some of that's true, but not all the asset classes that we manage. It's not that people don't want to manage it. It's that they have to hire somebody to manage it. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like for me, I know I'm like you. I don't, well, I don't know if, I, if this is the case for you or not, but I'll just speak for myself. I had to prep manage properties uh, when I was very young, like in my 20s. And I just did it because I didn't have a choice, really. I was kind of thrown into it. And I never really thought about it until later on in life. And I realized, like, this is not what I like to do. Mm. Like, being a property manager, per se, per to deal with all the, the tenants. And, you know, I'm a person like you. I think like we're, one of the things about us that's kind of, we like, I like to have change. Mm. I can't take like the same thing day in, day out. And it kind of gets monotonous to, to manage a property. Right. Um, but there's certain people that they love it. Like that's their thing. Like it just fits them so well and certain personalities. So I realized like I can be an owner operator and I can do big picture stuff, but I don't have to be like the day to day, you know, I couldn't do it with, you know, have, having 2000 units. I couldn't like be able to manage and know everything with each tenant. Mm-hmm. And the, my managers create a buffer between me and my tenants, you know, but, but property management is where the money is made. A lot of people are now investors you know, and they're, they're, they're coming in, they're buying real estate and they're being told to just get a property management company okay. to invest it. And I know a lot of people, I mean, I've seen it over the years. A lot of people are sunk because of the property management mm-hmm. company, you know, because the property management company just doesn't, you know, and they just, they rest on their laurels and, you know, they let the people manage it and, you know, they have to end up selling the yes. property all because of the property management company. If I was going to write a book, it would be how to manage your manager. Okay. You would be surprised. Some, some landlords don't want to show their operating budget with you. Well, why not? Tell me what you think the expectations are for this property. So what are some keys? What are some keys of, of you would say of managing the manager? Yeah, I would. I would what is, um, what is, what's important? 
Oh, gosh, where to start? So to manage the manager. Top three. Top, top three. I'll cut it down for you. Okay. Um, agree on a budget ahead of time. Subject to change because especially right, if you because have you never one know what's gonna come rental up. unit. You have one single family house. You're either occupied or vacant. They're either paying rent or they're not, right? So it's very black and white in, in that regard. But have a discussion around the finances of the property. And that property manager should be talking to them about reserves for unit turns, daily and seasonal maintenance, okay, and then CapEx. Those three things. That should be a discussion around what is this building going to Do you do that to, to the new new prospective uh, land? I mean, uh, owners that want to give you their properties? We manage? don't have a budget for every property. But no. Is something you discuss? But we have discussions around when we're, when, we're working to, when we're working with a new owner around those items or when we are sending out to our off-market list around a property, we put estimates in for those, for those like the three those those three mate the, the maintenance items. What the else would you say? What else you say is important? Okay, then then it's a okay. What happens if the rent's not going to get paid? How is this communication going to work? So what happens in a third party property management company? Mm -hmm. uh, rents due on the first, late in the fifth. In Pennsylvania, it's a ten day you know cure cure quit period. We like to wait ten days. Maybe like isn't the right word, right? But we wait 10 days in order to start a landlord-tenant case. If every one of our clients who was calling for the resident that paid late is calling to ask the property manager for an update, that's time that they don't have to go get the update from the tenant. Yeah. So uh, that is, you know, number two, like what are the expectations around uh, the rent collection and the communication regarding the rent collection? And then the third one is going to be back to that maintenance. What's the threshold to have of when we can go handle maintenance on, on our own and up then, to a certain uh, dollar amount right. versus when do we need to get on the phone with you, Mr. Owner? And make sure. Because if that threshold's too low, it's going to cost more to, have, to get the actual maintenance done. So it's, it's knowing your budget going in, it's communication, especially around rent collection, and it's a third communication around maintenance. If you, if, you can be on the same page with your, if you can be on the same page with your manager and they're executing upon that, uh, let them execute. Let them do their job. If they tell you that we should file on this person for an eviction, don't get involved and say, well, let's wait another week. Right. You know, don't like, like lead your manager. Because that, that the book was going to have a little twist, like you shouldn't have to be managing your manager. So, so you've also moved from to, um, from just being a manager and property management company to actually closing on a on a on a multifamily. That's right. This congratulations. Thank just you. A few months fun, a few months ago. About a few months ago, we bought a we bought a five unit building and we bought a uh, a thirteen unit building. Wow! Right down the street here, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Good neighborhood. I think so. Yeah, we have actually, we have an episode on it. That's right. I think we have an episode the where we go there while, while you guys are rehab, rent well rehab. That's right. They may not recognize me. I had the goatee back then. I don't uh, know. <laughs> and you had a hat on that day. Yeah, it, was, right. it, was, it was raining that day. <laughs> so I've cleaned myself up. Now we're working with the space planner. We are, uh, we've, we've done all of our phase one renovations. Now we're working on electric, plumbing, HVAC. So those are big, uh, you've heard that acronym that Bigger Pockets made famous. So you have famous. a five and 13? We have a five unit, a 13 unit, and then another partnership down the street has a nine unit. So on Main Street, and within those three blocks. In Royersford. Uh, in Royersford, PA, Montgomery County, there's 30 doors. 
there. Wow. And then there's another investor with about 30 doors and then and then one other investor with about 30 doors. There's going to be a uh, um, a bar and restaurant coming in uh, that uh, very uh, about 10 years ago, I asked a realtor in Westchester, said, how can you tell when a town is getting ready to hit that turning point? And she said, when an Iron Hill brewery comes to town, buy as much as you can. And that happened in Westchester, happened in Phoenixville. Um, I don't believe it's an Iron Hill brewery, but it's something along those lines that brings the evening crowd. And then that allows the other shops to stay open later. It allows the coffee shops to stay open later and start selling the ice cream. And it brings that infrastructure there. So there'll be like a brewery restaurant. There's already some, there's already some breakfast spots. Mm. Royers for small, you're talking 4,000 people. So buildings are a hundred years old. We're doing gut rehabs to each of the apartments as we go through and having a lot of fun with it. I'm learning, uh, learning a lot and it's only going to strengthen our property management company. Actually, so the, the okay. walls in those buildings are what? They're like cement? I mean, not cement. A lot What's of plaster. It plaster, right? A lot of plaster. So that makes things a little uh, more challenging, right? As far as re- remodeling or, uh, or no? For right now, I, all I really know is those types of buildings. Everything I own is about oh. 100 years old. In Westchester as well. Oh, wow. Those were older homes there. So okay. you, you go through some more saw blades, especially when you're going through. They're not two by fours. They're like uh, they're like three by twos in, in those walls. They're pretty big. Right. So we'll have the exposed brick, uh, new new uh, new electric laundry in the apartments. So you syndicated nice. this deal? It was a it was a joint venture, I would call it. Okay. So we didn't go. We didn't need to go through the whole SEC uh, to make it a security. We have uh, investors that put the. So my partner and I secured. Yeah, so we found the asset. We put down the down payment, right. uh, which was live. So we bought these buildings without any financing contingency. Right. And then we raised uh, through um, through partners. We raised the, the down payment. They stay in as equity. Right. Okay. And then uh, my, my business partner and I have, uh, have uh, the majority of the equity in the, uh, in the asset. So, so can I ask you this? Like, sure. How did you get the mindset to do all this, like set up the the joint venture and everything like that? What did you go to somewhere and hear something, or you've been planning this all along? Or where did the idea come from? Okay, well, all of my inspiration, all of my rent well, uh, there's the four operations. They're all with partners, so I'm well, I was familiar with partners, and then and then the actual like I didn't come up with this logo, this freedom. Like we modified it, right? For Rentwell, because we love the word freedom, and we and we we employ uh, some veterans, and we're after financial freedom. So this came from Michael Blanc, where he sells his own version of this at his conferences, and and he him and and some other individuals teach real estate syndication. So I guess it was my degree in finance, and then just understanding how it works. It's a pretty simple model. Your father started talking about that model as to what would he called his growth a little slower, right? I thought that was funny. Like ninety thousand to three hundred fifty million was slower than, but that's true in relation to like a Morgan Properties that is syndicating on these larger right. ones. So, um, uh, how that how that that just that just came about? I didn't have a couple extra hundred thousand dollars laying around to um to uh you know buy the buildings i do now because i ended up refinancing my westchester portfolio versus selling it Mm -hmm. so i did some cash out refis and uh and then we worked with a local bank who believed in us believed in the town believed in the building they provided 80 percent of the initial purchase price and then 100 percent of the construction financing 
So now we're in the period of these construction draws. So we've used our own cash to get the renovation started. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've changed the plans for each of the buildings. So we've expanded the scope of work. And now we're going to be going back to the bank and saying, hey, do we need to get another appraisal here? Or can we just move around how we're going to spend some of this money? Because mm-hmm. well, I've, I've expanded what we're doing to these projects. Well, you're at the right place at the right time, for sure. I think um, you're definitely at the right place at the right time. So the last few minutes I want, I want to, I want to just talk about freedom. Mm. You know, talk about this idea of freedom. Talk about the quality of freedom. Talk about the importance of freedom and what that means to you. Well, when you say that, a peace of mind comes up, Pink Gosh. That is my true measure of freedom. Right. It's, it's how am I with myself? Right. And what is my own peace of mind? What's my own measure of serenity? And that's something that has been the biggest part of my journey over these years is not so much finding that because it's always there. It's, it's letting everything else go so you can realize it. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that makes if that makes sense, financial freedom is certainly important, and I've been on both sides of that. Right. I think Anthony Robbins <laughs> says tragedy is when you get to where you thought you would be and be happy, but you're not happy. I mm. felt like I was kind of there, like I got to where I thought I should be happy, right? But I wasn't happy, and that is a very empty feeling. Mm-hmm. So. I light up going into these properties now. I light up. We just did a tour with the whole. Most of the Rentwell team that was able to break free for an afternoon to tour these buildings and to meet the on-site staff now, because that staff will then help out all of our other rentals in the area, the scattered site, single and small multifamily. But, 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 but freedom to me is up here and in, and in here. Right. That's the most important form of freedom to me. We get to take our trip soon. Yeah. What's helped you? Uh, attain that freedom in in life? What do you think is helping you? Or what do you do on a daily basis that helps you to maintain that level of freedom that we talked, that you just talked about? You've had one of the biggest impacts on that from the, from the book that you recommended and just the conversations we've had. Um, And that that was Michael Michael Singer, Singer. untethered soul and surrender experiment. Uh, First thing I do when I wake up is I put my knees on the ground and I thank my higher power, God, Jesus, saints and sages, Archangel Michael. Like I I go through and I thank because I don't know how I'm here. I don't know what this whole thing's about. I'm grateful to be here. Grateful to have a a good mind and and, and my health and a family and and these eyes to see, these ears to hear. Um, That's the first, that's one of the first things I do. And then I, and then I generally um, take anywhere from five to 10 minutes and just breathe. And I'm just counting from one to ten, and I'm just breathing. Um, those are those are key practices in yoga. Okay, you just became a yoga teacher. I, I am about. I'm I'm getting really close. Oh, okay. I have about twenty hours left of of certain instructors that I need to study under, and then uh, retake an anatomy test. And then I used to always teach. fall asleep on anatomy. <laughs> That was the one part. That was the only part that I fall asleep on, which I now later on now I wish I paid more attention. But I'm sorry, guys. No, I, I'll, I'll let you borrow my notebook when I'm done or the workbook. We can, you can refresh I, I asleep, your anatomy. I fell asleep like. then. I fell asleep then. I definitely will. I definitely will look at it now, probably. So yoga is a big part. Like, like I'll know if I haven't done yoga in 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 too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yoga is a big part. 
And my measure of success right now is when I get home, how am I showing up with my wife and my children? Mm -hmm. That's my measure. Can I put the phone down? Can I quiet the mind that wants to go through the to-do list and set up tomorrow or set up the next day or work on the plans or move this around? Can I be there with them? Because I say that I'm doing this this financial freedom and all this for my children and generational wealth. And a lot of that is true, but, but the most important thing for me is to be there with them. Right. And to give them experiences. Yeah, love is spelled right. time. Right. So going back there, to just yeah. singer for a moment, cause we're going to see him next week, right? We're going to go see him. That's right. At this, uh, what's it called? The temple, of- temple of the universe outside of Gainesville, Florida, Florida. Right. So I'm looking forward to that trip. I just read the one book, the surrender experiment and I haven't, you know, I'm not, not my, I, I mean, I used to, I used to have a huge extensive library, but I haven't read books in years. And then all of a sudden that was one book that I picked up and it was a real, I just, to now you know, I'm at a point where I want like real life experience. I like mm-hmm. to listen to people's experiences and I don't want to hear just jargon. I want to hear experience. And this person just shared his experience in that book. Yes. And that's why I, that was one of the reasons why I couldn't put it down and his experiences yes were so incredible with this one thing of surrendering. That's right. The experiment of surrendering and how he grew his business, continually businesses, whatever business he was in, it was constantly growing. But the, the coolest thing that I learned or got from that book was that when his business was ready to go to the next level, the people would just show up. Bingo. Isn't that amazing? They would just show up. And then whatever the next level of the business, again, the people, the right people would just show up. Yes. So the, the book and his life reinforced for me the whole thing about if, and, and his whole focus was his own meditation practice. And so it reinforced for me that if you work on yourself, if you maintain your practice, if you maintain your connection to source, whatever that is for you, your conscious contact, and you work and you steadily practice that on a day in, day out basis, your, your frequency, your vibrational frequency, your consciousness, whatever you want to call it, it will continue to expand. And as you expand, you will draw onto you all that you need mm. when you need it. Mm. You become the force that draws, you know, cause he was that force mm. and it was through him not managing everything from his head and his personality self, but willing to surrender the personality self and the head self right. to the greater self and to the life itself. You know, amen. amen. I think we'll end on that yeah. note. <laughs> That's it right there. All right. Well, listen, thank you, thank you so much for taking time out coming, talking about, property management, the bike being on fire, you're on fire, everything's on fire. <laughs> Hopefully not the building. <laughs> and, you know. And, but look, uh, it's not a reason not to do it. <clears throat> we put out fires. Yeah. That's what we do. It's gonna be okay. You know? We put out Tomorrow's fires. We get paid to put out the fire, <laughs> right? So, hey, thank you again for tuning back, tuning into uh, episode of karma cast and you know if you haven't already check us out on itunes stitcher what other platforms are we on kyle spotify <laughs> you know leave a review and uh i got some look i got some amazing amazing people showing up from the local area man heavy hitters right here in philadelphia we're gonna have Corey longberger from um rittenhouse realty amazing brokerage um they've sold so much real estate and i just watched this guy skyrocket i bought a deal off of him 10 years ago 60 unit here in Pottstown, and he was with cbre at the time and then he and he and somebody else started a rittenhouse realty and they just 
amazingly. They've grown amazing, done amazing things over the years. And I have another gentleman with over 7,000 units coming and is going to share with our, share his experience with us. So I'm just, I'm just like ecstatic with the people that are coming together and we do it right here. We do it live. You know, it's, it's Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. It's, it's Philadelphia freedom, right? (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for tuning in. Take care. God bless.